Welcome to a brief chat. Today is Thursday. It's the 17th day of October 2019. Very glad you're here. I'm Jason Crane. I'm Owen Crane. Great to see you. Yeah, you too. You suggested today that we talk about the topic of found family. So tell me about that. Yeah, so by found family, I just mean the people uh, who are not necessarily related to you by blood or by marriage, but who are a part of, you know, the most intimate parts of your life by choice. What made you think of that when we were talking about topics, I guess? I'm curious what made that pop into your brain. Uh, actually, on maybe uh, yesterday's episode or the day before's episode, you mentioned found family in passing, and I, I was like, oh, yeah, that is a concept. That's a concept that I really dig and get behind. So, I feel like it's pretty important to both of us you know, whether or not we explicitly acknowledge it, which I think we sometimes do. But I, I do feel like we, since A, we both have, well, you don't have a small family, but in terms of our immediate families, you're an only child. So you have your parents. And I, at at the moment, the only member of my immediate family I speak to, other than my spouse and my kids, is my sister. Cause I, and I know a ton of the people that I'm related to, yeah. but it's not like... I see them every holiday, and it's not like we're especially well-connected either. I'm, Of course, I love those people, and I love, you know, the parts that I do get to have them in my life, but they're still, you know, I still need to get to know them a lot. And I think nowadays, much more so than back in the day, people move a ton. Yeah. So, you know, if we had both grown up in the previous generation or the more likely even the ones before that – it's quite likely we'd be surrounded by most of our family. You know, right. We live in the same town. We'd have Sunday dinners together or whatever. I mean, that was what it was like when I was a little kid. But nowadays, if I want people to be close to me that I can actually see, none of my family fits that bill. None of them live here. Yeah. And found family, too, is a thing that I obviously see in previous generations of my family. Like, I have quote-unquote aunts and uncles and even grandparents who I call these things who are totally just like my parents or my grandparents found family of who they've said this is a person who is very important to us you should respect them like that but it is also a really big part of the queer community too you know especially for folks who you know their blood family rejects them you know that you're able to build up a community of people who you share the most inner parts of yourself, not necessarily romantically, but, you know, familially. And I, th I think it's something beautiful, and I think it's something that deserves more love and more recognition. That's interesting. I had kind of forgotten that angle of it, but that's really important, The its importance to the queer community. That was kind of how I started using that word, was when I was in college and, you know, in the center with friends, and we were kind of, for some of us, all we had. It's a skewed time for me personally right now because I'm so isolated from everybody. But I do have a small, close-knit network of people that I rely on, almost none of whom are anywhere around me, but who to me are my family or fulfill the role that a family might fill in terms of emotional support and a detailed knowledge of what's going on with you and that kind of thing. But the role they don't fill, and in fact, this is one of the things I'm looking forward to in our move when we when we don't live here anymore. I'm looking forward to having some people who are actually in our lives physically yeah, with some regularity, mm -hmm. which we occasionally do. 
But we're also hermits. But we're also hermits. But I've always been a hermit, but it was the case that in other parts of my life, like people would come over and we would all make dinner together and hang out and that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. we just don't, we don't do very much of that now. And I miss that connection. And again, this is a skewed time for me personally, just because I avoid everybody and I hide in our house. But when that's no longer a part of the way I'm living when we move, I'm hoping that that means we'll have just more regular contact with actual human beings. Yeah. You make it sound really sad. It is pretty sad. I'm super sad about it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just telling it like it is. I think what was interesting about hearing you say that too was it kind of gave a real quick definition of what family is to you. It's not just their proximity. Well, not proximity, but, you know, these are the people that know what's going on in your life right now. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, until very, very recently, that number was two. There was just you and my friend Mike. And now there are about seven of those people who know what's going on with me, like who know the the real story behind the move, yeah, you know, all that stuff. And that's really invaluable to me because there's a sharing of the emotional load when you have people you can tell the truth to like that. Yeah. And I mean, many times my family has played a role, but my, my parents especially have become so much a part of the emotional load that I can't have them in my life anymore for a variety of of reasons. And in any case, I now realize that although they did know what was going on with me, generally speaking, the ener- kind of energy feedback was negative, and that's yeah. not great for family. We can share Janice. That's fine. And Laura. <laughs> but dad's off the table. He's mine. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. He loves you a lot. Thanks. Loneliness has often been a part of my life. Like Loneliness is a big factor in my life. Part of that is because I have moved so many times. This next move is going to be my 40th move, and I'm 46 years old. And We're going to have to move six more times so that you can bring it up to date with your age. Look, let's definitely not do that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You just got so tired. God. Oh, oh my God. Got to go have a lie down. I mean, I'm on a couch right now under a blanket. There's not too much more of a lie down I can have than this, except that I'm sitting up. But the a part of the, the problem, you know, of moving all the time is that I build up a community and then I leave it. And yeah. then in this place, I built up a community and then, you know, everything went to beep. So I don't have any community here now. I mean, I have like three people who like me and I see them once every few months. You there's know, so more than three. There's four people. Who like oh, my God. Me. And so I... I look forward to staying in a place for a while, which I did here, obviously. Anyway, fill in your own story. But I look forward to our next move, if it works out, being a place we can stay for a while. Yeah. And like, just be part of a community in a kind of a normal way. I, that just, it sounds really attractive to me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm I'm going to be sad to leave, like, you know, the found family that I have here. And I definitely have to work on, like, actually keeping in touch with people. But a lot of the people that I consider found family for me, too, like Dorian and Heather, have moved, like, to Seattle by now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. But it's still important. Like, I think for me, one of... Because I think everybody has a slightly different definition of found family for them. Like, 
what makes the people who are closest to you in your life, like what aspects do you maybe even not even consciously look for, um, but that they fill that niche. And for me, it's, hey, if I don't contact you for like eight months, but then we talk for like 15 minutes and then I'm like, oh my God, I love you so much. Let me dump all of this stuff on you. And then it's like nothing ever. You know, it's like no time passed because Owen does not communicate well. A novel in 16 parts. <laughs> yeah, we're just about out of time. But last weekend I hung out uh, with a good friend of mine, really, I mean, one of the just the most important people in my life, who in the time when we're not hanging out, I often won't speak to for months at a time. And that's that same kind of thing. Like the second we're together, it's that connection is immediate. And I remember like why this person is so important. Well, I don't forget in the interim. But I, yeah, I don't, I often don't reach out. Yeah. So, you know, tell the people in your found family you love them and love your community. That's Owen's own fact for the day. <laughs> Peace, man. Hey, that's the show. Uh, you can go to abriefchat.com to find out more about this show to become a supporting member, which would be lovely. You can subscribe to the newsletter, which covers this show and the jazz session and poetry and all kinds of stuff, and sometimes includes cute photographs. You can do that at abriefchat.com. Sometimes, yeah, it included that great family photo we took with our three sons Aww. out in front of the house. Our three sons. <laughs> You can also, what else? Oh, you know what you can do that would be super useful? You could tell another friend about this podcast. That would be awesome. In fact, that's, other than becoming a member, the single most useful thing you could possibly do. Can and, I, oh, yeah, go ahead. Can I start at the end of my episodes giving a fun a fun thing that people can do, or at least that Owen has done that maybe other people would think is fun too, to if like brighten their day? you do it real day? fast right now. Okay, go Google your local animal shelter and then look at all the pictures of the dogs there. That's what I do to de-stress. That's Owen's religion. <laughs> it's really great. Guys, just look at some cute dogs. Cute hot singles in your area. Cute dogs in your area for you. God. Hey, I love you. I love you too. And I love you. A better world is possible. <laughs>